Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today our topic is the new Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center and also uh, just more in general arts in South Central Indiana. Joining us in the studio are three guests, uh, Ivy Tech Community College uh, Chancellor for the Bloomington campus, John Weichart is here with us today. Uh, Paul Daly is here. He's the artistic director of the Waldron and also Maya Michelson, the Assistant Economic, De- Director, Economic Development Director for the Arts for the City of Bloomington. You can join us on the program by calling 855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. Our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can go there to chat about the program today or you can uh, just drop us an email at that website. So thank you all for being here. Oh, thanks Thank for the answer. John, John is a return visitor. He's been here many times before to talk about, you know, the, the amazing thing is you're the chancellor of Ivy Tech Bloomington. You can come and talk about any number of topics because uh, Ivy Tech has really blossomed into um, an array of different things in the community, and the arts is just one of them. So I want to start out with you and say and ask, you know, why, why do you, what's the, the – the, the blend of the John Waldron Arts Center and Ivy Tech. Well, it's um, let, and let me go back to what I've said before about when the uh, building was conveyed to us that the um, city council put in the conveyance that uh, there were restrictions on the use of the building. And when I spoke to the city council, I said the restrictions are that we use the facility for um, cultural, artistic, and educational opportunities for Ivy Tech students, for uh, individuals in our community, and for the uh, arts community in general. And I said that those are not restrictions. That's exactly what our mission as a comprehensive community college mm-hmm. uh, is. So uh, the um, our ability to expand our arts programming, both credit and non-credit, uh, into the Waldron has uh, helped us tremendously. Uh, the opportunity for our students to be exposed to an environment that includes performing and visual uh, arts activity enhances uh, their education. And um, I, I hope over the last many years we've we've demonstrated our eagerness to be involved with our community and, and engagement with our community. So it just it's a perfect fit. John, is that is this kind of offering that you're able to to make available because of your uh, affiliation now with the John Walden Arts Center? Is that unique within the Ivy Tech system? Um, it, it is. It is from this standpoint. We're a we're a fourteen region system. Uh, if you were to visit our campuses around the state, you're going to find that um, there is something going on at an Ivy Tech campus that's directly connected with with the community in some fashion or other. Not every community in the state is like Bloomington. So, uh, not every community in the state is one where where we have the kind of opportunity we have here, where um, uh, arts is such an important part of our community, uh, where you have the Bloomington Entertainment and Arts District, where uh, where arts and entertainment are part of the economic development plan of the community. So, um, we we're doing it here, and it's and it's unique in our system, but it's because we're in a very unique place. That sort of follows along with a lot of things that you've done at Ivy Tech where there's an opportunity you seem to be able to be nimble enough to figure out how to take advantage of it. I mean, you did the same thing with the uh, the Proton Radiotherapy Institute by developing courses. So I guess it, it is very consistent with what you've done. Yeah. Well, and I, I think we're still um, a, a small enough um, organization in many ways bureaucratically, and we have a great deal of autonomy at regional campuses. And uh, so I think we can be responsive uh, more quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to I want to turn to Paul. Paul uh, Daly, you haven't been on the program before. You're actually you're new to Bloomington, right? Well, I know? did go to IU. Yeah. Um, well, so it's sort of a coming back home. Coming back Welcome home. back. Right. <laughs> Welcome back. So uh, what, what's your role as artistic director at the Waldron? Uh, my role is to help the chancellor find out what the best fit is uh, for the building, not only from the college side, but from the community side also. Mm-hmm. So how are, you, how are you doing that? What, what are you, how are you going about that, uh, that mission? 
well, I've taken the past few months to meet with the artists around town and talk about how they use the space and what they'd like to see. And I'm also working with Susie Graham, who's the director of CLL in the Waldron um, for non-credit art courses. And Amy Breyer's there for four credit art classes. Uh-huh. So what are you hearing from the artists? What, is, has a consensus emerged? It's Having a consensus from artists is not always an easy thing. <laughs> <laughs> but have you heard... Uh, as soon as you get those cats herded, that's when you work on the artist consensus. <laughs> have you heard any consistent themes about what they would like to see happen? Uh, sure, cheap space. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're all just excited that the building's still there and still able to be used uh, by the community. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you bring up a really important point. It, it was the bone of contention with that building from from day one. Um, how are you handling the rental rates with the auditorium and the fire bay and the other spaces that traditionally had been used for for performance art especially? Um I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that question. What, well, have you have you set up a new um, rental rate policy, or are those um, spaces still available for rent by local artists, or how is that working? Uh, yes, you want me, want me to bill you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think I can answer it. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely, the spaces are still available. And uh, for the performing arts spaces, there was a group, BPAC that had uh, formed at one point and kind of gave a suggested rental rate structure. And we've taken that uh, as a starting point. And in January, we're going to look at how that's worked and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to just jump in quickly and say that, that certainly uh, artists like to have free or, or inexpensive space. Well, free space, certainly, but <laughs> inexpensive space or cheap space. But I think also... Um, one of the significant issues for BPAC and some of the other groups was the stewardship of the space and the organization's responsiveness to their needs and investment in the space and so forth. I mean, there's one thing to to pay a certain rate and 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 not have some of the things you may need to do an effective performance, and then there's another thing to to pay that rate and feel like you have a responsive staff and the and the facilities cared for. And there are investments made, like new seats and things like that. And I think that's one of the, one of the most exciting things that Ivy Tech has to bring to the table in its relationship with performing arts groups, in particular, someone like Paul, or Paul, actually specifically, who is meeting with them, taking the time to hear their needs, uh, being responsive to the extent that you know they can in sort of a stepped-out sort of plan probably in the next few years, enhancing those particular spaces. But I think for performing arts groups, that you know, that's almost as important as the rate they were paying. But the fact that they were maybe feeling like they were not their um, their contribution to the art scene was not being valued at the same level of, as perhaps other artists. Mm-hmm. So, so if a, a, a one of the as the public comes back into the Waldron now under new management, what kind of changes will they expect to see? You mentioned seating specifically. I mean, we all sat on those folding chairs, uh, <laughs> shifting from bun to bun for low those many years. And um, is there money available, John, to to make some investment into improving the space so? The, just as uh, Maya mentioned, the, the rental rates uh, match up with the level of service and equipment? Well, we, we have made a commitment to make an investment into improving the space um, in, in, in uh, both areas, both in the visual arts area and in the performing arts area. And I might, I might point out before I come back to the question of money that the very reason Paul is here, well, there are two reasons. One is uh, to get between me and the performing artist, and and the other one is that, that, that that's Paul's background. I mean, Paul Paul is an actor, uh, has been an actor, has uh, been involved in forming his own production company, so uh, he can talk the talk, and I believe he brings credibility to the position, and that's very important to us. And I think it's been important to the performing artist uh, as they meet Paul and get to know him. In, in terms of um, uh, revenue and investment. Uh, we, we, we have invested money already in the facility. We invested it in terms of buying an inventory that was in the facility. We've invested in uh, making improvements to the facility. Uh, but what I am happy about is is that uh, we, we're making an investment in a facility we own. Uh, we're in a position now where we are now in three different lease spaces around the community because of our, our uh, rapid growth. And we have put more in renovating other people's buildings than we've, frankly, invested thus far in the Waldron. So this is a better uh, investment for us. I think the other advantage we have is that 
um, uh, the, when the Bloomington Area Arts Council was uh, operating the Waldron, and I don't mean to speak for them, but uh, revenue that came out of uh, rental space, uh, the Arts Council needed for operational uh, needs of the facility. And uh, that, that's not the position that we are in. Uh, we are, frankly, in a building now that we own that is uh, less expensive for us uh, to operate than what we were paying for a leased facility that we vacated to get into this building. Mm-hmm. And we've simply moved staff from one building to another building. So the advantage that we have is that whatever revenue the rental uh, produces, we simply can put right back into the uh, building. So uh, Paul has already selected and has placed an order for new seats. That was the number one priority that everyone <laughs> has mentioned. And people at the rededication were very happy. I, uh, uh, the, one of the uh, seats was even at the auditorium, and people took the opportunity to sit in it for a while. And I think they were uh, happy about that change. They're soft. They have arms. And, uh, and uh, one of our, yeah, one of our uh, performing arts partners said, you know, we really need, if we could get you know, soft chairs with arms. And I'm amazed the number of people who said to me, the reason we haven't been there very often is it's, it was uncomfortable. Uh, you know, the, the seating was uncomfortable. And eventually, over time, uh, you know, the, the changes to the auditorium space will include new lighting and, and new risers. And uh, those that'll be an incremental process. But we're in a position to put revenue uh, from rental back mm-hmm. into the facility. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. All right. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811, That's from outside the Bloomington area. And also you can go to our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can chat about this topic or you can just send an email. Um, I wanted to, uh, to turn to Maya as the um, – in your position, you are in charge of BEAD, the Bloomington uh, Entertainment and Arts District. Mm-hmm. And I want to just ask how important a facility you know, like the Waldron is to, to BEAD. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, it's a key. I mean, it's an anchor asset. We have a f- few of those that we consider in the downtown as being sort of key to creating the energy uh, that we have in in Bede, and and certainly the Waldron is you know first and foremost amongst those assets. Busker Chumley being others, and then Wonder Lab, and you know other faci- other physical facilities. Because you do need, you know, when you look at what cultural districts are, they are generally play- general generally districts that are aggregated around cultural key cultural assets. Mm-hmm. And so obviously having a, a community arts center where there was. A high level of activity, whether it was arts instruction or gallery spaces or performance spaces, was was critical to obviously identifying, obviously in bring, sort of making downtown Bloomington what it is, but then also obviously taking it forward. So, I mean, there was no question in the administration's mind, I think, as things began to unravel a little bit at the end of last year, that, um, uh, you know, saving and finding a steward, a good steward, a good partner for operation of the Waldron was was critical. I mean, there, you know, so many performance groups depend on it. Obviously, visual arts used it. Arts instruction happened in it. And, you know, from a, from a community sort of psyche standpoint, I mean, that was one of the first big, well, certainly the, the first significant arts development, cultural arts mm-hmm. development that happened in the community, period. And it was a significant, you know, historic uh, repurposing of a space as well. And, you know, all the money was raised, uh, you know, locally and a lot of sweat e- equity put in uh, into place by a lot of community members, many of whom were there Tuesday night as part of the the rededication celebration. So, you know, not only from the cultural asset standpoint, but just from the community psyche standpoint, that facility represented a lot more mm-hmm. than uh, a space to to do art, even though it's important in that function as now, well. Now, Maya and I were actually on a radio show on WFHB during the dedication ceremony. Mm-hmm. John was upstairs speaking, of course. Yeah, and the wild applause, you could barely hear us. Right, but. Bar- barely hear what we were saying. <laughs> but I, I, I just wanted to, to mention, because I, some of our listeners, particularly ones outside of Bloomington, may not understand exactly what the Waldron is, where it's been, what the history of it is. I, I think... Uh, we were when we were talking the other the other day. We were talking about how it's been there for about twenty years. Twenty years in the in the in you know it's a long time in one sense, but it's not really very long in another sense. When you think about how Bloomington's been an arts community right, right. for a really long time, but it seems like to a lot of people who are living here now that it's been there forever. You know, right, but, it, right. but it truly hasn't. It's right. but it, it has. Um, you know, again, I, and I want you to address this. It's it sort of raised the. Um, 
raise the visibility Absolutely. of Bloomington as an arts Absolutely. community, correct? I mean, at, at the time that it opened, as uh, I think Tim Mayer uh, stopped into our uh, broadcasts uh, that night and, and, and mentioned the fact that at the time, you know, the Waldron was originally dedicated, there was one gallery, the gallery, and, and you know, Lotus didn't exist, Cardinal Stage didn't exist, the BCT obviously didn't exist. I mean, the, uh, the, the, all the galleries that are, well, the exception of by hand, I think, uh, they were around, uh, around then. There was very little arts activity visible arts activity going on downtown. So it was a significant, well, it was the significant anchor, asset, activity, space uh, in the arts in downtown. And so it, you know, whether or not it, it kick-started other things, you, you could potentially debate, but certainly we can't overstate the significance of it, you know, being there and the effort put forth to get it there. And obviously, you know our our memories are short, but but the explosion of activity just in the last even ten years or five years, as far as new organizations coming online, and the growth of Lotus and the emergence of Cardinal Stage, and obviously the 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 great success story of the BCT and the management of that facility and its strength as an organization, is really exciting. And again, I think obviously the Waldron and the Arts Council is being sort of a jumping off point for the development of the, the emergence of these organizations. I think is really important. I think there's another point, too. I, um, I was a student here in the 1960s. I worked here for a period of time in the 1970s, came back in 2001. Uh, there, you don't often meet people who are from Bloomington. And so to say, well, it's just been around 20 years for a lot of people, that's their life experience right. in, in their relationship right. with Bloomington. Right. So, um, you know, there are people who have moved to this community who would say, well, I didn't realize the best Kurt Chumley used to be the Indiana Theater. Right. Right. And I didn't realize that the Waldron, I don't know anything about its history. All I know mm-hmm. it as is the Waldron. So, um, you know, 20 years is a long time in, in, uh, in mm-hmm. Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how old is the building? Uh, 1915. Mm-hmm. It was dedicated as a, as the city hall. Mm-hmm. So um, how, that'd make it about 95 years old. About 95. <laughs> I, I, I smell a centennial yeah. celebration. I think so too. Yeah. I, too. I, I, I smell a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to. I, I need to give a shout out to to Chancellor Weichart and his crew at uh, Ivy Tech. They actually did a produced a gorgeous um, brochure on the Waldron and the history of the facility for the dedication. Um, and it was something that I certainly, when I was at the BAC, always wished we'd had the resources and the time and the expertise to put together. They, of course, have once again stepped up, but they've provided a, a beautiful visual history of the facility and, and sort of with some great uh, historic photographs and so forth. So it's a, a really nice piece. So I'd encourage folks who are interested in the history of the building, especially in its early years, to stop by the Waldron and pick that up because it's a great read. Oh, it is. I've had an opportunity to look at that. Bravo. Very uh-huh. well done. Will, the, will there be a copy or copies of those available at the library? That seems to be kind of a central clearinghouse for that sort of thing. Well, we could, but we'd obviously like for people to come to the Waldron to pick them up. Um, <laughs> well, that makes sense. And let me, and let me uh, uh, speaking of shout outs, uh, Trina Sterling, who's uh, on the staff at the Waldron, uh, did all the research into that publication and uh, visited the Monroe County Historical Museum and uh, came up with the picture. And uh, and uh, Amanda Billings and Sarah Alvarez and our marketing mm-hmm. department put the brochure together, and I'm I'm very proud of that brochure. It's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful mm-hmm. piece, very but they well but, but they I don't deserve the credit for that. They do. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody must have said, "Go forth." I said, "Where did this come from?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good administration uh, for you. All right, I want to give our phone numbers again: eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington, one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. Our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can call us and ask uh, any questions you might want to about the John the Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center or about uh, the arts uh, in South Central Indiana in general. I wanted to, to ask Paul a couple of questions. Uh, First is from you know you're kind of the new guy here. You're you're you know you've come from an arts background in other communities, and I and I guess I'd like for you to sort of evaluate the you know the the quality of the arts scene and in particular the quality of this facility here uh, compared to what you've seen in other places. Uh, the quality is incredible here. It, it's really amazing. Um, the Waldron itself, those two. Sp- performing arts spaces uh, to find something like that in New York um, you, you can't do it <laughs> for, yeah. for, for the kinds of groups that are doing performances <laughs> here 
the Fire Bay actually is is kind of your standard um, performing arts space in New York, mm-hmm. which uh, the IU Theater and Drama Department has, is taking advantage of. They're going to do a show in the Fire Bay before they take it to New York, kind of kind of as a trial run. And then um, looking at the rest of the community, something like the BPP, which does all new plays, you you don't find that. I mean, anywhere that that's uh, a landmark institution um, for the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the you know Cardinal Stage Company and doing their work at the Waldron and the Buzzkirk. Um, it's just outstanding work. And, and I wanted you to, you know, as the artistic director, kind of take us on a, a little visual tour. You know, you mentioned there are two, two um, uh, performance spaces in, in the Waldron. Kind of what else is there that people would find if they haven't been in, in it lately? Uh, the Waldron has two performing art spaces. It has five galleries, uh, and then it has... Um, four classrooms, one mm-hmm. of which is a uh, ceramics lab. Mm-hmm. And the Rose Fire Bay, which you mentioned, is um, a space that seats how many? It uh, holds 90 people. 90 people. And the auditorium holds 200. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you'll be using it for Lotus this weekend? I... Uh, Lotus uses it as their artist check-in uh-huh. and hospitality center. Okay. All right. That's where I'll be. <laughs> All right. We have a phone call. We're going to go to uh, we're going to go to Sarah on the phone. Sarah. Hi. I was hearing about uh, purchases for new chairs and new seats, and and then somebody said something about uh, tears or I don't, I don't remember the the language, but in any case, raising something that would raise some Oh, risers. Risers, thank you. And as someone who can't get on risers because I can't I can't climb anything, I hope you make sure that you that you keep uh, the you know, flat availability, especially when there are performances to which there are no particular seats sold. Mm-hmm. Who wants to address that? Paul? Um, sure, absolutely. We're keeping space available for people that can't go up. Uh, there's always a uh, ground level seating. Mm-hmm. Well, right now there's lots of it, and I just would hate to lose most of it. Uh, you'll see that there's risers currently in the uh, building, and we're, we're not really changing that setup. We're just getting new ones that aren't uh, as uh, as worn as the others. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Right, I, so. I always felt like you kind of took your life in your hands as you climbed up on those. I'm thrilled to hear that, that we're going to have something a little more secure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, John? Yeah, I, I wanted to mention, uh, in addition to the performing arts space, and Paul mentioned the galleries, <clears throat> uh, the Rosemary Miller Gallery, of course, is still the Rosemary Miller Gallery. Uh, and as you come into the Waldron through the main entrance, that's the uh, one of my favorite rooms in the building mm-hmm. on the right. Uh, but there have actually been two new gallery spaces developed and a third one on the way. Uh, what had been the gift shop uh, in the building mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, is, uh, is now the Treasurer's Gallery, and it's named that because it was the Treasurer's Office in Old City Hall. So uh, we, we have an additional gallery there that's more of a, a freestanding space gallery. Uh, Amy Breyer has, has had her work uh, there. Amy's on faculty, and she's a sculptor, and that's the intent of that room. Uh, the education gallery down uh, in the downstairs of the Waldron uh, is space that we want to use, uh, among other purposes, to display our own student art. We have our own arts classes, our own credit art classes, as well as non-credit classes. Uh, we've displayed art there that kids drew and kids created this summer in the IB Arts for Kids program, and we want to use that uh, as, a, as a student display. And then uh, Julie Roberts, who's our gallery director, uh, wants to create, I'm going to call it a multimedia uh, space. It's uh, uh, literally uh, a, a computer gallery that we will create on, on a wall uh, that's one of the walls for the auditorium, uh, the outside wall of the auditorium. So there, uh, we, we've expanded the, uh, the gallery uh, opportunities as well. Yeah, and I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, that I think that, that you guys are currently accepting submissions for your gallery season right now. Isn't that correct? Or we, did that just end? I can't remember. No, we, we are up until December 1st, if I remember right. correctly. And I'm glad you mentioned season because uh, Paul has created the 2010-11 uh, Waldron Theater season that we are now advertising that has all the performing artists who have a book space uh, for our own season. And if you are Facebook, if you're a Facebooker, 
Uh, they have an excellent uh, uh, sort of a fan page, friend page, that I would encourage folks. And then I think that's uh, the way that you guys are getting some information out to the community right now about what's going on there, as well as you know, letting people know, uh, just letting people sort of uh, congregate and, and learn more about what's happening at the facility. Paul, what would we look for? You can read the HD too, by the way. Oh yeah, that too. But obviously, <laughs> obviously, first and foremost, you would read the HT first to learn right, about right, them. Right, 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 right. Well, actually, we now have a website through the Ivy Tech uh, website. So if you just go to ivytech.edu slash Bloomington slash Waldron, you'll be able to find all the information on the Waldron, and that has links to our social media. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Well, we want to take one quick phone call before we uh, take our break because uh, we have a caller, Sarah, who has – no? Well, we have a... – Susie. Susie is next. Okay. Well, let's go to Susie. Hi. Hey, sorry. That's okay. Hello. Yeah, go right ahead. I, oh, okay. I just uh, called to tell you that uh, thank you and to thank Ivy Tech and the Chancellor and um, all of the people who put the Waldron back together. Uh, I had been taking classes from the Waldron off and on and um, when the Bloomington Area Arts Council was running it. And uh, obviously, it was a very difficult building to be in as things began to fall apart and the difference between what what it was like to take classes there last year, what it's been like to, to come to class um, actually last night, it, it's phenomenal. It's so clean. It is, um, Susie was there and helped us, the chairs, we, you know, you all talk about how uncomfortable the chairs were. Well, the chairs in the studios were almost impossible to sit in for two hours for a mm-hmm. two-hour class. Mm-hmm. And she was so gracious. She went downstairs, helped us bring chairs up that have rollers on them, helped us cover them so we didn't get paint all over them. The instructor, Linda Meyer-Wright, was absolutely fabulous. The studios were absolutely spotlessly clean. It was just the funnest, most enjoyable evening I've spent in a very long time in taking classes. So I just want to acknowledge all of you and thank you and just sort of tell the community how fabulous it is to try it out. All right. Well, well, thank you. And if you'll give us your uh, contact information, you'll be in our next brochure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, so much for your call. All right. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Telephone, information at smithville.net. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcast directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. Programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, The Ether Game, Musical Mini Quiz, as well as Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Find out more at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 11.33 a.m., 11.55 a.m., and 5.45 p.m. to catch that day's feature. They're also archived on our website, wfiu.org. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today our topic is the new Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center and Arts in South Central Indiana. And you know when we get talking about arts during the break like that, it was hard for us to shut that off before we Mm -hmm. came back on the air. So I apologize for for that chat. We're going to need a pithy abbreviation for Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center. That's quite a mouthful. We're going to have to come up with something for that. You got a nickname lined up yet? No, not, not the yet. The Waldron was, might yeah. be good. Yeah. Well, but but we we actually want to make certain that people understand it's an it's 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 an Ivy Tech facility and building, okay. and that's that's very important to us. And I I have mentioned before uh, the the Waldron is an Ivy Tech educational building that has within it a space for artists, and mm-hmm. uh, we're we want to make sure everyone understands that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you have questions or comments, phone us at eight five five zero eight one one or one eight seven seven. Two eight five nine three four eight. Our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Now, Paul, I'm really glad that uh, I know that you have Indiana, deep Indiana roots, because I'm sure anybody else coming here from New York would have would still be suffering from culture shock. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're glad that you you know us. Yes. Um, 
tell us a little bit more about yourself so people get to know you and, and uh, kind of how you envision the future of the Waldron based on the Ivy Tech John Waldron Arts Center, um, based on the information gathering that you've been out doing all summer. Uh, sure. I grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, uh, so I'm a Hoosier. I went to IU from 94 to 98, got my undergrad in theater and drama, and then went to London briefly and then to New York. Spent about 10 years in New York where I helped form and run my own uh, theater company, Rabbit Hole Ensemble, and they're still going strong, but I had a son a couple years ago, so moved back to Indiana to be around family. Congratulations. Thank you. So are you going to uh, perform in area... um theater companies? Uh, the trick is always convincing them to cast me. Ah. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, it sounds like you may have the experience that will be very welcome with uh, some of the local companies. Do you feel torn between being an administrator and an artist, or how's that panning out for you? Well, it's certainly learning a new skill set, uh, yeah. but it's a good challenge and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. We have a phone call, and it's Patty. Patty? <clears throat> Hello, Patty. Hi, go ahead. Yes, I had a question for um, the editor of the Herald Times. I'm the former owner of the 310 Gallery in Bloomington, Indiana. That was back in the 90s. And we had trouble with uh, getting the Herald Times to write about art. And I just wonder, uh, with the um, situation with artists, how much is the Herald Times willing to write about the arts to actually promote it? You know, we have an arts section every Sunday called Attractions, and there's a column in there every Sunday that refers to, or that at least lists all the different shows at all the different galleries in the yeah. community. And we, uh, you know, maybe I should let Maya take that question, <laughs> uh, see what what she thinks. Because, you know, we, we've covered the arts with various sections over time. Yeah, On um, Thursdays, we have the calendar section. Uh, you go ahead, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Did you have a... Yes, um... Well, at one point, our gallery had uh, an international student from Russia, Anya Sokin, and we were not able to get reviewed. And so it was a, a big frustration for us as artists that um, we invested all this time and money, and then we could not promote the art. Yeah. So, well, well I, you know, if that happened in the 90s, I, I don't have any really... Yeah, I know it's not your fault. Well, I don't have any... Yeah, it probably was, but I don't have any reaction or or response exactly. I I would only say that... that, um, You know, we try to to write stories that are going to, we hope, help build audience by by advancing things. Reviews are a little tricky for us because I I don't think you want just anybody reviewing art. And sometimes, you know, it's not as easy to find reviewers... And, and I also think that there are a lot of arts groups in town that don't necessarily want an honest review. I'm not saying you didn't. Yeah. You know, because if there's an honest review um, about, you know, it's, it's really difficult to, de- to determine, you know, at what level should you review? I mean, you have Broadway shows that come in. We could review right. those, but we can't really review a high school uh, show in the same way well, we review a Broadway show. Curiosity, how many reviewers does the Herald Times have now? Oh, we have, um, I don't know. Three, four. I mean, Peter Jacoby, um, Joel Glenn, Pearson, Joel Pearson, Glenn, Glenn Kaufman, Kaufman, and then they we, do theater, and then we pull in other people to do reviews from time to time. So, okay, great. Yeah. Well, yep. I hope to read about the arts in the newspaper then. Okay. Well, I think I think you will. Thank All you. Right, thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. Eight five five zero eight one one. Uh, 877-285-9348, and our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. How have you decided to what kind of classes or what specific classes to offer in the new space? Well, um, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. We, our intention is eventually to bring our um, uh, credit art classes into the building. We have a number of art appreciation classes, music mm-hmm. classes that we're offering uh, at, our, at one of our other main campus mm-hmm. uh, uh, classroom spaces. We have a uh, a music class that, um, although I love hearing it, the people in the accounting class next to it sometimes say, why is that noise coming out of that room next door? <laughs> so we, we want to move uh, our credit art classes to the building. Right now, our non-credit uh, art class is open to the general public. The short-term 
uh, uh, courses are offered there, and Susie Graham's been able to expand the number. Uh, again, the wonderful use of the building to add an additional 22 arts-related courses to our uh, fall ca- fall schedule. Mm-hmm. What has uh, stopped us from moving the credit art classes right away is, frankly, road construction. Because yeah. when you've got students out on the, the west side of town in the main building, and if we tried to offer any art credit cla- credit art classes uh, in the middle of the day, then they've got to get back from uh, the west side to downtown, perhaps even back again. And that's rather difficult right now. So we're frankly waiting until uh, some of the major road construction is completed, and then we'll look to uh, perhaps the summer or certainly by next fall we'll be able to bring credit art classes to the building as well. John, I know that um, at least in the past bus service wasn't available all the way out to your facility on Daniel's Way. Uh, Is that still the case, or have you been able to get that? Um, resolved. It's it's been resolved actually for quite a while, and and um, the, the I don't issue. Get out much. You, I, well, and, and uh, yeah, I understand that too. <laughs> the, um, uh, the 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 issue is that Bloomington Transit, uh, because it's a federal uh, receives federal grant money, doesn't go outside the city limits, and our campus is actually outside the uh, corporate limits of the city of Bloomington. So the bus runs to Highland Village and then runs a sweep through and and comes back. We've had a relationship with Rural Transit. Now, for several years, Rural Transit runs a route from the uh, 4th Street um, station, if you will, across from the First United Methodist Church and brings students from there out to our campus and sweeps back again and does that on the half hour. Wow. And and it also moves them from our, our principal campus building to our um, Liberty Drive locations as well. So... Uh, so an Ivy Tech student can uh, uh, get on a rural transit bus at uh, uh, 4th Street, uh, ride the bus out to the campus and back, and uh, it costs them nothing because we're supporting the rural transit system. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really great. All right. Again, our phone number is 855-0811-1-877-285-9348. Our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Um, John and Maya, you've got you both have a, a perspective on the arts as an economic driver. I mean, obviously that's Maya's position. It's in your title, John. You you know with uh, Ivy Tech Community College, one of the things that you're in, involved with is you know building jobs, having having people prepared for jobs, and and uh, the arts is a part of that seen in Bloomington, basically. So I wanted to, you know, we hadn't talked about that yet, and I wanted to talk about how important um, the arts are to the Bloomington economy. And Maya, I'm going to give you, that's really a softball, but I'm going to give that to you first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, certainly it's it's been a hallmark or a, a key focus of uh, Mayor Mark Rosanne's, um, uh philosophy on economic development, which is obviously to work from your strengths. Uh, the arts economy, based on the last survey that uh, the Bloomington Area Arts Council did back in 2002, said that art, the arts economy generated about $41.5 million into the, into the uh, Bloomington community. And I think that, along with some other key uh, plans and dialogues and conversations about downtown, led him toward the formation of the or the the um, launching of the entertainment and arts district and then the addition of my position as well as a position on small business and sustainable development to the economic development team so we feel like for um, for Bloomington uh, economic development means quality of life and so obviously a strong arts community as well as a as strong employment opportunities for the significant number of our population who are artists, working artists, is really uh, important to the overall, uh, obviously, economic health and wealth of the community, as well as, obviously, the quality of life. An active uh, cultural arts scene, uh, especially downtown, is a magnet. It's a magnet for new investment. It's a magnet for uh, relocation. It's a magnet for business relocation. It's a magnet for retirement. And again, this administration feels like the investment in that, in arts and economic uh, uh, development, is one that that is paying off in the short term and will certainly pay off in the long term as, again, we continue to see uh, continued growth and investment in the, certainly in the downtown core. Mm-hmm. And, and John, you know, same question, but you, know, you also see it from a standpoint of, you know, you're very active in the business community and, and I know you have uh, knowledge about what 
different businesses are looking for when they want to relocate to a community. So from that perspective, also how important they are. Well, it's it's extremely important. And as, and as Maya, Maya has laid the foundation for uh, arts as an economic development uh, tool, and, and obviously people come to a community and businesses come to a community and locate in a community and what they're looking at is quality of life uh, issues. Uh, for us as well, and my arts uh, friends might not think we look at them quite like this, but if part of our mission is, is workforce development, and now we've taken on a, a new initiative in entrepreneurship, why not look at artists in our community and begin to talk about how might we work with you in our, through our Center for Entrepreneurship? Uh, what, what assistance might we provide you? You're, you, are, you, are, uh, you may be a studio artist who has other plans, who would also like to open uh, your own gallery, who has uh, business plans mm-hmm. uh, that you would like to develop, and that's, that's our role in the Center for Entrepreneurship. But, and- but I, I, what I'd like to mention is that you know, the very mission of a comprehensive community college and uh, in 2002 when our trustees gave us a vision for, for what we should look like as a comprehensive community college, it, in, it included, in addition to academic programs and a relationship with our business and industry community, the, the development of uh, student life activities, um, the, the development of uh, continuing education activities for the general public, and, and as importantly, um, uh, the, the goal of civic engagement and service to our community. And I think that, that that's the other perfect tie-in back to what we want to do at the, uh, at the Waldron Arts Center. Our, the, our, the opportunities for our students now. Um, through Paul's uh, expertise, uh, you know, Paul and I envision at some point soon, probably Paul stiff arms me and says that's too soon, but, you know, what What if uh, in, in the next year as part of the John Waldron art season, there's an Ivy Tech student production that Paul has directed and, of course, that I'm in. Um, <laughs> and, and um, uh, you know, and, and I've already talked about the expansion of our non-credit uh, uh, offerings, but uh, student life comes uh, to mind when I think about the Waldron and this community, certainly. Um, uh, the uh, continuing education opportunities and, you know, and simply the, the, uh, our opportunity to serve our community uh, through, through our work with local artists and through the, the Waldron is critically important to our mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maya, you were... Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that John brought up... Um, Entrepreneurship, because obviously, when when I meet one on one with artists, you know, uh, small business entrepreneurship skills are, are one of the things that that many, and frankly, not just artists, but you know, most people who come see us who are interested in opening a small business need some need some assistance, whether it's one on one mentorship, whether it's simply a resource list, whether it's just a sympathetic ear, and and to have you know Ivy Tech's strong commitment to entrepreneurship. And I, I see those linkages between what I do and what Ivy Tech does as just strengthening as we help, as they begin to understand the artist community through working with them actively, as they will, uh, see strong linkages between that and entrepreneurship. And I also wanted to say that um, I think John and I have now formed a, a partnership. Uh, I think Ivy Tech is very interested in helping the city um, revisit the arts and economic prosperity study. We plan to, mm-hmm. to uh, start gathering data in 2011 and with Americans for the Arts publish a, an update to that report in 2012. And I think Ivy Tech is has committed to uh, being a partner uh, in that process and, and sort of helping us uh, share the uh, information, gather, gather and share the information about the um, the updated information about the the impact of of the arts in the economic um, livelihood of our community. You know the last and in, in the last study that was done, if I read it correctly, something like forty four and a half million dollars yeah. is generated yeah. in economic I development said, yeah. activity yeah. in this community because of of, of arts related activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we have a phone call. Let's go to uh, Stephen on the phone. Stephen. Yes. I'd- just two quick questions. I wondered why they didn't uh, locate the Ivy Tech downtown, uh, closer to downtown. That would have solved a lot of transportation issues and kind of revitalized uh, the downtown. There's a lot of space available. I just wondered what the situation was on that. You mean the main, the main campus? Of, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. John? Well, um, the um, the main campus was purchased, I think, uh, the, the ground was purchased in 1999. Um, uh, frankly, um, you know, we have to go where the land exists, and we have to go where uh, there's opportunity for us to build, and that can be tied into a gifting opportunity. And um, that that land was uh, owned by uh, Bill C. Brown. Uh, it was land he owned to develop. Uh, he made a magnificent um, gift to the college of something like approaching half a million dollars uh, in knocking off the price of that land. Um, 
and, and we and we've also got land for expansion where we are right now. In fact, we added an additional 16 acres of, of land on the west side. Uh, that that size of a parcel doesn't exist in downtown Bloomington, and uh, and frankly, that's why we're at the Waldron. Uh, if we can't if we can't lift up that 148 thousand square foot building and put it in the center of the town, then we'll come to town. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have satellite kind of campuses. Yes. Yeah, and I wondered. The other question was on the building itself. It still kind of looks like a government building, and people could easily pass it by. Are you going to? Do you have any plans to like? Not remodel, but make it look a little more like an art center. Uh, well, I, I I don't know when you drove by it last, but it's but I mean it looks like a government building, and I'm I'm not being facetious because it was it was a city hall, and yeah. when it was originally constructed. But right now, when you drive by, you're going to see signage that says uh, John Walder Night Center. It also says Ivy Tech Community College. There are uh, banners that will. Uh, uh, hang from the outside of the building to make it look like like an arts uh, center, and we'll try to do all this without violating any city ordinances. <laughs> I was on about to bring and, that up. Thank uh, you, yeah, Jim. On signage and, and and some of the restrictions that go with uh, with with yeah. buildings in Bloomington. But I I, I I understand what you're saying, and we are making uh, great efforts. Um, uh, to to make it a destination place and to make it an attractive destination place, we've been working with some architects on some plans for the future that also lend themselves to some fundraising activities uh, later on. So uh, we're we're looking forward to doing exactly what you're describing. Yeah, I was thinking of the Robert Graves building up in Indy, the Indianapolis Art Center there on 62nd Street. How that you know the whole thing has been redesigned, but I don't know if that's possible. Well, I think that from a historic perspective that yeah, the traditional Beaux Arts yeah. style yeah. of architecture that the the John Walter Art Center is uh, is valued in, you know as is so I think yeah. that uh, they're going to respect that but if there's anybody yeah. who could get Michael Graves to come down and and <laughs> do some architectural work on the Walter and I think Chancellor Weichart could do it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right Stephen thanks a lot for the call 855-0811-1877-285-9348 the website is WFI org slash noon edition. We have about five minutes to go in the program, and we haven't talked to Maya yet about Bede's new role as a as a partner with the Indiana Arts Commission. So, you know, we did have a program before when things were sort of going bad for the BAAC, and they were, you know, the 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 relationship was terminated mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. between Bloomington as a regional arts center. So, mm-hmm. could you uh, again describe? What sure, your what role is going to be? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And in fact, uh, in about oh, in about seven minutes, the Indiana Arts Commission will start a quarterly business meeting in our city council chambers. Actually, they're here. Uh, they occasionally uh, leave the safe confines of Indianapolis to go into the hinter regions. And uh, apparently, uh, quite a few of the state commissioners wanted to visit Lotus this weekend, so they are here actually in the city council chambers beginning at one o'clock. And that is a public meeting. I would encourage folks if they want to see the business of the Arts Commission to come check it out. But um, as it was announced a couple of weeks ago, the city of Bloomington and Bede has agreed to be a regional arts partner for the Indiana Arts Commission for the next year. And I'm very cautious and, and clear when I say that. Uh, our our desire or our interest in, in assuming that role in the short term was our strong conviction that we wanted to keep the dollars local. In other words, we wanted to keep the decision-making on the grant dollars local. We wanted to have local input and in how those funds were uh, uh, utilized and and how the grant paneling went and so forth. And then um, BEAT already does some of the information and uh, referral and uh, technical assistance services that a regional arts partner is required to do. So there was, although there's some, some additional work, there were some natural linkages between what BEAT was already producing. Um, the regional arts partnership has changed significantly over the last year or two because of significant uh, decreases in funding from the state level to the Indiana Arts Commission. So uh, what was, I think, a much larger responsibility, it used to include cultural planning and it used to have uh, significant staffing requirements, uh, is no longer the case. And, and I think that was one of the reasons why, frankly, we were able to, to take it on, at least in the short term. And our intention is to... Um, Obviously, administer this program, keep a very open process, keep an open dialogue in the community, and hopefully encourage another partner uh, who might take that on in uh, for the future, uh, a partner who who might have a regional focus a bit more than obviously the city of Bloomington and B does. We we do work with artists regionally because we do have other artists uh, performing and exhibiting in our downtown gallery. So there's already some regional linkage, but a partner who might have a 
uh, more of a, uh, a mission-driven focus on other regions uh, in the area. And so, you know, we'll keep we're, we'll keep the dialogue open, and we've we've sort of put it out there that that we're welcome to mentor anyone who might want to see the inside of the process and how it works before the Arts Commission opens applications in the spring. This is Region Eight, correct? This is correct. This is Region Eight. That's six counties. And how does that uh, how does that compare to the region that Ivy Tech uh, oversees right now? Actually, it's almost identical. Oh, okay. Uh, there's, uh, Brown, there's Brown, Brown, Brown County, County is um, is actually a part of our Columbus uh, regional campus, mm-hmm. but the other counties are all are all within the regional service area that uh, that our campus. All right. So services. maybe maybe a year from now we'll be in a show, you know, doing a show about how you've taken over that uh, responsibility. So. I'm I'm trying to chew what I've already bitten off. Yeah, right. and I think okay. that's I think that's very important. I think it's very uh, obviously uh, you know very wise of Ivy Tech to yes. first to in, integra- understand and integrate what the ownership of the facility means and. And then to look, uh, you know, then, again, Chancellor Weichardt's proved himself to be visionary and seeing opportunities. And if there's an opportunity there, I'm sure they'll be interested in right. at least discussing it. But I think there are also other potential partners that may be out there as well. Sure. Okay. We have two minutes to go. We have a phone call. Let's try to go to the phones and get uh, Shauna. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I was wondering how to find information about the non-credit art classes that the John Walter and Art Center is going to be offering. We have uh, catalogs for the Center for Lifelong Learning, and you can also find information on the Ivy Tech website. Which is? Thank you. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, So So I'm going to go back to to Maya. You guys from Ivy Tech, I'm going to go to Maya for the last minute and a half. Talk about Lotus. I mean, it's well, in town it's, this weekend. So. Well, it is, and it is all over the place. And I'm happy to say Ivy Tech is is obviously with the John Walden Art Center being uh, the nexus of hospitality and, and artist check-in. I think there's a big stage uh, on 4th Street, yes, that, that they're hosting. And, you know, it is, uh, you know, it is an unbelievable weekend um obviously several stages many stages going on they've got a um an interactive puzzle um uh, activity going on they've got sidewalk chalk in front of pygmalions they've got two parades they've got free lotus in the park on saturday it really is sort of what's the best in blooming tickets available tickets available busker chumley box office now uh, they've uh weekend uh passes uh and and again the free lotus in the park uh, that begins at noon on Third Street, and it's a sort of a great mini sort of uh, sampler experience. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage folks if it's your first time, child and friendly, yeah, absolutely child friendly. Lots of great hands-on activities, sponsored by Bead. Actually, I'll be emceeing until they yank me off the stage. I think okay. I'm looking forward to to that and a fabulous we're gonna, parade. We're going to yank as you part off of that, the mic please. Now. Thank okay. you. All right, we're out of time. All right, I want to thank Maya Michelson, Paul Daly, and. John Whitecard for being here with us today. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Dan Goldblatt, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net.